This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Today's episode was recorded at the Novi Outdoor Rama Hunting Expo. And it was recorded uh, in during the actual expo, so there is a little bit of background noise, and there's a little bit of, um, I mean, at one point there's a lumberjack show taking place during the podcast, but the audio's good. I don't think you'll find any of that too distracting between all the laughs that were had. Um, these guys, Time's Up Outdoors, are the real deal Detroit firemen. Um, you know, these guys risk their lives every day that they're working and uh, in their spare time uh, put their efforts towards uh, putting out a hunting TV show on the Carbon TV Network as well as a podcast. And uh, they're just great guys, um, a lot like us. Uh, I like to drink beer, I like to curse, I like to have fun. And um, we were working the tethered booth, and these guys are directly across from us and um, I had heard him on the deer hunter podcast and you, if you want to hear like what these guys do, um, you know, outside of their content, um, you know, they, they do some, you know, hunting and fishing content as well. But, um, the deer hunter podcast did a, an episode with them back, uh, July 4th of, uh, 2019, I think is right around there is when he posted that one. And, oh my gosh, uh, it talks about everything that they do as far as their everyday jobs and the the climate of the fire department in the Detroit area and you know we touch on that a little bit at the end I mean we we just talk hunting and and a lot of turkey hunting a lot of turkey tactics in this one um but man we just had a ball laughing and and carrying on cutting up with these guys so um I think you're going to enjoy it uh it's really a great episode definitely go check them out show them support um you know they're they've got a program going on right now where they're getting kids out um they're they got a turkey hunting contest for kids to submit an essay 
um, and then they'll take them out on a guided filmed hunt. So if you've got kids uh, that you want to get out hunting or, you know, you want to, you want a good uh, experience, you want to meet these guys, get a, get a filmed hunt, uh, have your kiddo um, write an essay and, and submit it to Nico. Uh, but man, this is a fun one. I, I was laughing the whole time I was editing it. So I think you guys are really going to appreciate it. So we were there at the expo. We got to see a lot of you listeners, uh, a few of the Patreons, and, uh, we did get to pick up, you know, we bought, uh, one of the, the phantom starter kits to give away for the, uh, Patreon giveaway. And we did see some, some of the Patreons there too. So for that Patreon giveaway, we've got a phantom, and a tether and alignments belt and actually what i did is i bought two tethers and got them to throw in an extra uh, carabiner so um just got a bigger eye on the rope so you can uh, girth hitch it through your lineman's loop so you don't have to keep taking it on and off so but we do have that in our possession so the winner of this quarter's patreon giveaway is going to get that phantom the tether the lineman's belt, uh, that, that boat hunting course, the video course from Jason Amkoviak. And we talked to him, uh, earlier this year and, uh, that's really great. He's got over 18 hours of videos, uh, kind of showing all of his tips and tricks. And then the swag pack and the, the year membership to base map. So, um, still be going, checking that out, doing those gear drops, uh, trying to win. John did not win this one, but I'm, I'm certain that he's going to win. Um, it's, it's it's inevitable and uh, you can use code chronicles uh, you got to sign up online i've been getting a lot of messages um, why you can't do it from your phone it's just the nature of the beast if you want to use a coupon code with any any of those you can use code chronicles and so i mean this would be the time to sign up for patreon if you guys are going to do that because this is one month and uh, we'll be giving that we'll be pulling that winner the first week of april so uh, it's basically a five dollar raffle ticket to get in to win all that stuff that i just mentioned but the phantom i mean it's a really cool saddle i think you guys are really going to like it i think honestly it's going to take some of the learning curve uh, as far as the comfort learning curve uh, out for a lot of guys or or girls um but um wouldn't want to say um thank you to our newest patreon tyler um i'm going to get your package out in the mail i just got some new uh coffee from Tioga Rise, and so I'm going to start putting some samples of that in with the the Patreon packs that I send out. And uh, if you get back with me, I, I may have a shirt for you. I don't know what sizes I've got left, but uh, you know, thank you, another uh, Patreon out of North Carolina. So, you know, thanks for listening. We appreciate all that. The Patreons are the ones that allow us to go to these shows that that allow us to do these live podcasts and things like that, like we're doing right now. Um, but if that's not for you and you just uh, are just following along for the content appreciate it um you know please just tell somebody about the podcast that gets us out there gets us in front of somebody else and um you know maybe go on and leave us a review on however you're listening and if you really like um what we're doing go go ahead and leave us a review rather than just click the five star one star or whatever you think button Uh, another cool thing about this podcast is we actually videoed this podcast and it's already went out to the patreons um but in a week or so i'll put that up on our youtube page Uh, we've had a lot of growth over there on our youtube page but if you're not following along definitely check that out because we did video this podcast um so you get to see kind of who we're talking about um who's talking you know 
uh, how uh, ugly they all are and uh, all of that. I mean, you know, you think about the Detroit firemen maybe in the calendars and all that. That's not these guys. Um, these guys are freaking awesome, though. So I think you're really going to love this podcast. A uh, lot of laughs. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We are sitting here in the booth at Outdoor Rama with a bunch of flamers. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually did it. <laughs> hey, you put me up to it. I'm going to do it. So, uh, so we're here with Time's Up Outdoors. Um, so these guys are Michigan guys. Uh, firefighters doing really good things uh, who are actually doing, you know, an outdoor show on carbon. And, and you know, one of them is just took off. He, <laughs> he, he just said, left. you know what, I don't have a headset, so fuck you guys. It's right here. The uh, sound guy himself. So, yeah, and and this is one of our beta tests for our Patreons on our video. I think it's uh, setup looks pretty good. So uh, we'll have this up here real shortly uh, for the Patreons. But uh, so... Let's hear a little bit about Times Up Outdoors and who do we got sitting here. I'll go first. I'm Nico. I started uh, my own version of Times Up Outdoors back in 2012, which was basically just me being a cocky moron thinking that you just pick up a camera and have a TV show. So I started filming hunts basically myself, and I had no clue what I was doing, editing stuff on iMovie. And that put me on to a show on the Outdoor Channel for a little bit. Basically, I sent that in to him as a demo reel. He hired me on as his cameraman for a little bit. Turned out to be a giant asshole. <laughs> so I left there. Said I'll never be on TV again. We're not saying who he channel. is. Chris Brackett. I'm <laughs> fear no evil. So so Nico taught Chris Brackett how to deal with outfitters and <laughs> yeah. cameraman. Yes, yeah, exactly. So uh, I left him in 2015. So I never wanted to really do any TV stuff again. But I kept times up going. It's just kind of like a social media thing. It was real small. And then I got in the fire department. I got a call from John who just walked away one day and asked, hey, you have uh, any interest in filming hunts? I'm like, I mean, kind of, you know, I do it a little bit here and there. and Kind of taken off into this with uh, the little boy Scott involved here. We uh, kind of made a little tag team out of it. It's kind of weird. Scott's like a social media guru. He really runs the show on anything that's not involved of just straight killing things. If it's not outside, Scott's running the show on it. (laughs) That's just, he definitely does all the real work. And he gets pissed off that we don't do enough of it. So so Scott does all that. John is, despite not being here, he's very good at the sound engineering. And he's very anal retentive. And so, I just come in here and hang out. So we have our own version of that, John. Yeah, he's anal retentive yeah. about bows and, and, and things like that. Any, any work at all with the, the podcast. <laughs> but I said last night, I said, I am the Scott of the podcast. And I was just thinking because he was the fucking guy that was talking. So we recorded uh, a podcast on Times Up Outdoors um, last night at the bar here with uh, Ernie Power, John Eberhart, and uh, a few of the other Zach tethered guys. Zach Gaylord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John from his mom. Uh, uh, and uh, Big Chad, the hot dog eater. <laughs> <laughs> so so you guys definitely need to check them out. They're on Carbon TV. I mean, they're, they are so gracious enough to have us in their booth yeah, right um showing us all their big time stuff uh you know from the tv world i mean yeah. john the reason you're not hearing john Borsmo over here is because he's starstruck he went to school with steve Ranella. Yeah, well uh, the one thing you'll take away from the podcast we did with 
Time's Up Outdoors is Scott's affinity, uh, his love interest, his uh, you know undying affection for Steve Rennell. I'm so and, happy and, you're saying that. And Mark Kenyon. Oh, God. Yes, yes. I'd like him a little bit better if he gives us cups. <laughs> oh. So I'm kidding again. So Scott, I just thought, was the mouth of the podcast. I didn't really know that he did anything like, all, involved all with it. Because John set up everything, like, quietly he said i've got a booth over there we set up everything like we're gonna go over there scott's like double jameson <laughs> <laughs> um, so scott let's get a little introduction on you and, and your <laughs> um i'm scott zig everybody calls me zig uh i uh i've been hunting my whole life hunting and fishing my my dad took me hunting my stepdad took me fishing and i had you know a strong passion for the outdoors my whole life um, I've been a fireman for 16, going on 16 years now in April, and uh, John and me were classmates in Detroit's Fire Academy six years ago, and um, John threw a whole bunch of ideas at me in six years, like weird ones, like he would call me and he'd be like, hey dude, we should make a cookbook, and we'll sell a bunch of them, and I'm like, no. Is That's it a wild sweet game? Idea, like, yeah. <laughs> like Steve Rinella did? Yeah. yeah. No, like Firehouse Cookbook. <laughs> yeah. So like, like firehouse subs. subs, yeah, firehouse subs. Exactly. We actually have a couple guys that own those. Anyway, so he called me one day and he said, um, "You." He goes, "This is how he started the conversation." Hey, I saw you. You posted a couple big bucks on your trail cam pictures. I said, "Yeah." What's up? He's like, "Well, do you ever think about filming your deer hunting stuff?" And I was like, "No." Nope. He's like, "We should do something like, you know, start filming our hunts." And I'm like, "Ah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about that." But Nico Tanti, I think he's got something going on already. You should call him. And that's when he called you. And uh, I was camping. They had a, they had a, they, these two met up at a bar. They called me. I'm with my family. They're like, all right, we're doing it. Time's up outdoors. We're, we're, I'm like, what are we doing? We're going to start filming our hunts. Okay. And it kind of morphed into, it's been almost two years now. It morphed into our Carbon TV show. Went from Instagram to YouTube to Carbon TV now. We started doing a podcast into it. Um, as far as what I do for Time's Up, like Nico was saying, I do all the social media stuff. <clears throat> and then, like, a lot of the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. Um, like I said, I'm super passionate about the outdoors, but these two guys had the opportunity to grow up in a rural area where I grew up in the city, and I went and visited my dad in the rural areas. So I didn't get as much time in the woods. They know a lot more about that stuff than I do. Um, so I actually... I've learned a lot from them, and they aren't learning anything from me in the other aspects because they just don't pay attention to that, which is probably what makes me mad. <laughs> it's not that you're not saying it's just they're not listening. Yeah, no, they don't hear any of it. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. So, sure. yes, yeah, I mean, that's my story. And then so John has so graciously decided to come back. Hi. He said, he said I'll find my own fucking headphones. <laughs> and uh, so here he is. And so just a little introduction with you and Time's Up and, and kind of how everything. I mean, Scott stole the show a little bit there and it took all your thunder. That's, but that's you pretty know. typical of Scott, did, for sure. I did, didn't I? But, uh, no, I yeah. figured it's because you weren't going to say anything. I, I'm not going to. John <laughs> Shido, uh, I grew up in Dexter, Michigan, which is uh, just probably 10 miles north of Ann Arbor. Uh, grew up there hunting fish and all that stuff. And I, I actually started filming my hunts a little bit before uh, Time's Up Outdoors kind of started. And uh, so I've been in the in the business, the AV business, my whole life, setting up sound and lights and running sound for bands and corporate speakers and stuff. So I'm real familiar with the tech side of stuff. 
and you can uh, say shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's tech side of shit. And so you know, I just did that, and I like filming my hunts. I was a big advocate in hunting and outdoors and conservation. And then uh, Nico's dad was actually my first boss in the city of Detroit five years ago, five going on six. And uh, he, I remember him telling me, he was like, yeah, my, my son's this camera guy and all this stuff. And I don't know what he said, but I'm like, oh, cool. And then Scott's actually the one that told me about Times Up Outdoors. He's like, have you seen Nico's stuff? Like, no. And that's when my one of my ideas actually kind of stuck. Like my cookbook, that would have been sweet. But <laughs> I wish I could remember the other things you called me about. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's them. There's, there's, I had a lot of ideas. I wouldn't then, talk to John for like six months, and he'd call me and be like, let's, uh, let's do a cookbook. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I, and then I, I called Dean. He hooked me up with Nico, and then the rest is history. That's pretty much it. So I, I handle the tech side of stuff. I mean, that's within budget because I've been around the tech side. You know, all the stuff that you see in this booth is donated by my the company that I work for for the last 15 years of my life. And so, you know, camera, purchasing cameras and, and stuff and uh, all the audio stuff. I'm a big audio buff. So... Granted, we have to remain within what our budget allows, you know, because I can't. Like this big. I can't take. <laughs> I can't rely on taking stuff from AV Squared all the time, so we got to buy our stuff. So we got some crappy mics, but that's pretty much where I come into play as a tech side and engineering side of it. So what I think is going to be really interesting is like when this podcast actually goes to air is like. John's going to message me and be like, what the fuck? That's not what we sounded like. I told you I had a board. I had everything there. Right. Because we did one in a crowded bar. Like, shit was going on the whole time. And, you know, he, I, I'm, like, having a panic attack because I'm like, I can't hear. There's no headphones. Like, I can't monitor any of this. And he's just over there turning dials, like, doing this like you. He's giving hand gestures and stuff. Like, <laughs> like to Scott, like, look at the fucking microphone. Like, talk about <laughs> right. microphone. So like, real I'm, I'm real men. interested to see like what's going to happen. As so this. I, I, as of right now, I mean, I the way that this is hooked up, it's I'm actually listening to a final product being here. We're all listening to a final product, so it's going to sound just like what we sound like. And so I have no doubt this is going to turn out really good <laughs> audio wise. So I <laughs> mean, you, you guys definitely have an awesome, awesome, awesome setup here. Me, I just do it this the way that we did it yesterday because that's how I've done it in the live setting, and so. That's what I'm used to is running console and, and doing it. And that's actually going to sound worse because we're in a crowded bar with different mics. You know, we didn't have the right the headsets on everybody, but it's more, it makes that kind of setup that we had yesterday. It was a little bit more homey, kind of gets it out of like a professional level and kind of just like a bar side talk that I everybody's just eavesdropping in on. Oh, if, if this is going to be the uh, lumberjack section of the, uh, oh, yeah. the thing, so... We may have to take like a certain break or something. Like, yeah, they start two strokes going crazy so, on those chainsaws. Not sure what's going on, but as far as like what we've got going on here with our our video, I'm really hoping that 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 this is going to translate to that because we are far from professionals. Uh, this is not uh, what I do for a living by any means. So, uh, so Nico, for you, like, where do the times up outdoors? What is times up, and how, what's the name? Because so, you guys are all firemen, so. Yeah, the the Time's Up thing, it doesn't make any sense when the story gets told, but my dad on his bow case always had Cancel Christmas. It was always written on his bow case. Cancel Christmas was an old thing from when he was in the fire academy. There was a guy who always said, you can't panic when in a fire situation. If you panic, you panic, you puke, you die. Cancel Christmas. So that was like <laughs> a thing they always said. So he wrote Cancel Christmas and everything. So being you know a kid following his dad around with a bow, I wanted something on mine. 
So I ended up writing Time's Up on my bow case. And it was like every time I draw my bow back, Time's Up. Time's Up. Time's Up. Time's Up. Something about to die. So <laughs> I just when I decided to make my own little Facebook page back in 2012, it was just Time's Up Outdoors. I got a tattoo with an hourglass in it and a deer skull on my back when I was 18. And that basically turned that into this logo. logo. So <laughs> that's pretty much what it ended up being. It morphed into that. What other kind of tattoos on your body? I've got a couple tattoos, John. Oh, might okay. be yeah, a smiley face on his ass. Might be a tattoo on my ass of a smiley face. <laughs> Flipping a middle finger. It's, it's classy. So for anybody that's listening and you're saying like, well, you know, these guys are so big time. How did you guys ever uh, yeah. hook up with these guys? So they just happen to be across from the tethered booth. We're, we're helping out with, uh, with the tethered booth here at the Outdoorama. And I was like, oh, shit, I've heard those guys on the Deer Hunter podcast. Yeah. Like. They are just as vulgar in person as they were, like, you know, a couple beers in. I'm like, I think these guys are going to be cool. So then we just ended up talking, and it was, like, just talking about, like, people that are creating stuff and doing things and, and the, you know, all the things that Scott does and, and Nico doesn't do. And he doesn't talk, and John doesn't talk, and, you know, so they just set up all the other things. But what you guys have going on right here right now is pretty cool. Like I'll be talking to Scott and he'll be like, hold on, there's a 12 year old walking by. I gotta, I gotta run out there. And I'm like, what, what's that all about? So, or it'd be me yelling, Hey, Hey kid, hey kid, how hey kid, old you are you? Candy? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you guys have going on Got with that? Uh, we, Nico started this. We do a you turkey hunt giveaway. Um, 12 to 16 is the age range. We kind of tweak it a little bit if they're 11, but mom and dad, have them hunting and shooting already um but uh this year's a little different last year we did like a photo contest online and in the winter won a, a guided film turkey hunt with us and uh it's actually one of our episodes on carbon tv and last year was cool because a kid brought his dad and uh they both shot a turkey so uh this year it's a little different they got to write an essay to us they're gonna email us an essay telling us why they think we should take them turkey hunting we want them to work for it a little bit just to make it more, uh, like, take ownership in actually winning it rather than just a popularity contest whose mom's got more friends right, on Facebook. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. We One of our things is we really want to get new people into the outdoors, and everybody's faces are always in their phones, and that's why we started, you know, creating, you know, our, our show, our content that we put out there, so... One of those things, one of the biggest things you can do is get kids into the woods. So it's just one way to get a new kid interested in turkey hunting or, or hunting that, in general. That's why we generally like the we like the kids that grew up around hunting. Maybe you know shoot guns, go shooting pop cans and stuff in the backyard and all that. But what we did last year, I mean, it worked. We essentially had them submit a picture, and whoever got more likes on their picture won the turkey hunt. Well, like you said, that somebody's mom had ten thousand followers and everybody liked it and. He's a winner. But now we're going to submit these random stories, these three top stories that we all like. We'll all pick one, submit them on Facebook, and then let our followers decide who's going to be the winner. Yeah. And then, you know, there's going to be no name on it. There's going to be no yeah. bias. or no, So so our followers are going to pretty much dictate who what kid wins the, the, the contest. So hopefully we've got a couple of entries. Nico, we actually pay for a, a company G suite. And uh, Nico has yet to log into that. So, yeah, so. I've logged in there one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this whole view all the emails are going thing, to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm receiving all the emails, so I have to do something now. Yeah. But all this this youth hunt thing is something that before 
any of this started. Right out of high school, I was always – I coached sports right out of high school, so I was always with kids. And I started taking uh, – I did a youth waterfowl hunt. That was, like, my first thing. So I started taking kids out. My brother was five years younger than me, so it was really just a reason for me to continue to duck hunt and to get to go earlier and shoot more birds. But being having five, six kids that are under 16 and haven't really hunted much, swing a shotgun around in close <laughs> proximities – Despite having some really cool hunts, got a little nerve-wracking. So, <laughs> despite doing it for years and years, we switched over to turkeys. It's a little more controlled, a little right. less uh, liability involved. So, so last year you had the giveaway hunt, but you also filmed. You were saying last night, like you guys filmed like twenty-six hunts. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, on film, it's what twenty-seven birds. Twenty-seven, yeah. 27 uh, between birds. him and his brother, and like all of us together, um, yeah. twenty-seven birds. Twenty-seven, turkeys twenty-eight turkey hunts. Addie, we couldn't get her a bird, but we, we filmed the whole thing. It was eight hours. My eight-year-old, she, dude, she was like, she put up with more shit than I probably would have put up with. She was awesome. We kept asking her throughout the day, are you done yet? And she's like, no. I mean, it rained. It was buggy. It was hot. It was <laughs> shit. It was a shitty day. We were losing. We were stalking. We had her, we had her crab walking across to below grass. Like, it was, it's a cool video. We got the video on our YouTube channel. Um, it didn't make Carbon TV, but. <laughs> yeah. Getting youth is it's it's a big push for us. It's something that we're all pretty passionate about. I, I have kids. John's got a kid, and Nico's probably gonna have kids like any day now. No. <laughs> um, but uh, super important to me to get to keep this whole outdoors thing going. And you see all these articles all the time on Facebook about how low our numbers are, and it scares me when I read those articles. So I think that just trying to get new people involved is important. So. One of the themes with the Times Up Outdoors podcast and things like that is like if you're not there, they're going to talk a lot of shit about you. So Nico, you weren't there last night, um, naturally. <laughs> so uh, all we heard about was like how you don't you you know your your introduction into the outdoors and everything, and then you get this guy on turkey hunting, and it's like a whole nother level. You know, he's calling turkeys for everybody and and all that. So how did you get into turkey hunting, turkey calling, and and, and that side of things? And- it's kind of, I don't really know what took off with it. I started turkey hunting when I was, I think I was 15, the first time I really did it. My dad didn't really turkey hunt much growing up. Um, my dad's from Detroit, so he moved us out of the city when, when I was a young kid. My mom got carjacked a couple times, so we left the city, but he had never hunted really at all until then. Um, a friend of his got him into it. He bought 20 acres after a while when I was a young kid and started hunting on there. And then I, I just asked him to take me out one day. So we went turkey hunting, and I, I remember it clear as day. We were sitting down. It was thunderstorming on opening day. We were watching a tom across the field strutting around and gobbling. You couldn't even hear him gobbling. It was raining so hard. And all of a sudden, there was a jake in the decoys, and I just shot it. I didn't even think anything about it. I asked him questions. I just killed this bird. And that was it. And ever since then, I've been hooked. So I don't really know what got me into it to where I am now where I, I have a true passion for turkeys. I think it's because I can take so many people out. Which is one of those things where you don't have to worry about being loud and scent control and the wind direction and all that. You can just go hunt, and it's the the fun of it and the passion can be there, and you can hang out with your friends and drive around and find birds. And I've been fortunate enough where I live. I, I grew up in a real small town, one blinking red light in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I coached enough kids to where the parents all know me so I can hunt a lot of different pieces of land. And my brother happened to become best friends with the biggest farm in the county. So I was able to hunt all that land. So we could turkey hunt everywhere. So I just got to do it a lot. And instead of spring break trips in high school, my dad would take me to Nebraska and Kansas, and we'd shoot Merriams and Rios. And so it's just become, just through years of doing it, a huge passion. And now it's I look forward to it more than pretty much anything. 
So with that, like, just from that little snippet, like, where are you at on the slam, right? I've got three of the four. I went. We went to Florida. My brother, my dad, and I went to Florida. We had no clue what we were doing. We thought we did. We thought we were researching enough. We went in late March, and it was pretty much done. They were done gobbling. We got our butts kicked. We saw more rattlesnakes than we did turkeys. Um, but we'll, we'll be coming back probably uh, not this spring, but the following spring. My dad needs one more with his bow to have the slam with the bow. And then uh, I need one more. My brother needs a Merriam and a Florida bird, and that's it. Until we go to Mexico and shoot one of those guilds or whatever they're called, <laughs> yeah, them crazy-looking peacock crazy, birds. Yeah. So uh, we've had questions on, like, we, we brought on Zach from the hunting public last year and we talked a little bit about the different types of turkeys and the, the, the different um the different things that you run into while you're hunting them like is there different strategies to different they react differently to different calls i mean because our listeners are like all across the country and like i mean we've all across the world i guess i mean we one of our patrons is in switzerland nice. so i don't know if they even have like a bird like a <laughs> yeah. so it's all interesting cool. type type yeah. stuff and the, everything doesn't translate just because we hunt easterns here right you know so, basically, I've hunted Merriam's and Rio's, and I've always hunted their early bow seasons they have out there, so it's still a little bit colder. And the, for the most part, the birds are still pretty flocked up. So, the big difference from here to there, from Michigan to out west, is that where if you might see a dozen birds in a group, it's a pretty big flock of turkeys for easterns. You'll see 150 in a group to 200, and it's just another field full of turkeys. And they, they travel like that. Um, but as far as, like, situations and decoys go, I haven't really changed much, and I've had pretty good luck with it. They call a lot more. Their hens are way more vocal out there, at least at that time of the year. It's real, real loud. So that's probably been the biggest thing is that you can get away with overcalling more. And I think you it might make some people from out west mad, but I think they're easier to kill because of the terrain that I've hunted in. You got to be careful with those in. western hunters. I know. Man. They're going to get mad. <laughs> they're sensitive. <laughs> like, we go out there to boat number one. We bow hunt. It's pretty much all public land or knocking on doors. I've never been told no out there for bow hunting because nobody bow hunts turkeys they hardly bow hunt anything but they definitely don't bow hunt turkeys in that area so there you go basically Adam. you can uh, go out there and wound a bunch of them on yeah wait wait we can get out there with the the trad bow i mean yeah there you there go. go yeah that'd be a place to do it it's all big dead down timber man you run them uh big draws that they got and just wait for them to walk by the other side just fling air like robin watch them let them all rip <laughs> 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 so, I mean, I think that's awesome. But I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that you basically bow hunted all of them because, like, we tried that in the last couple of years and uh, just couldn't do it. Like the two years ago, I was trying to film and trying to do other. And I called in some turkeys. And I called in some jakes. And the cameras in the way and all sorts of stuff. Hunting from blinds and, and everything. Um, last year, like, go to our YouTube page. Like our listeners have seen it, but like we called in. My father-in-law used to call for Rod, Genson, Rod Benson game calls. So oh, he used to go to the seminars like this and do turkey calls and, yeah. and do all that stuff and call people over and, and whatever. So he can call birds, and he's hunted birds all over the state of Michigan, just crazy, right? So we go out. We go and end up calling it. He calls in this bird on a string. I mean, like, we don't usually hunt with decoys. We're usually running gun And a shotgun, it's just... I don't want to say it's easy, but like, if yeah, you put the time is. in, you're gonna kill a bird. It's like not we would have tagged out all of us, yeah, all of us, and so we we had the decoy set up like from here to the computer away for you know birds are gobbling everywhere around us. He's calling. He's we're in a tent. He's set up behind us uh, behind this berm, so he can't see this field that we're on. This bird comes in silent 
spit drumming. Every time he would call, it'd puff up and spit drum, come running in, whip the shit out of the decoy. I drew back. I anchored for like 0.2 seconds, and the whole scope housing peep was full of black. I shot the fucking decoy. Wing butted this. Yeah, he hit the bird, but it went through his wing butt and he, then into the decoy. He it like, would have been a great broadside shot. But it the decoy. <laughs> like, he was dead. Like I think we actually have a picture of the decoy. It happens for sure. Yeah, it, what kind of decoy were you running? Like an avian? Was it an inflatable? Oh, yeah. 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 So oh, I had to go home yeah. and patch it because he was, he was really dead <laughs> after that. We, uh, we did a Kansas trip. And we were kicking birds' ass, except for my brother, who's a few years younger than me, he's running the booth for us right now. And uh, we were in Kansas. It was super, super windy, as usual. And him and I were together, and he put down his compound. He's all pissed off and picked up this crossbow that we had been bringing with us, like, as a backup, you know. And I called this Tom in. There's two of them from forever away. And they came running in, and they got to 10 yards. And he totally missed with his crossbow. I'll never forget it, and I'll never live it down. Just <laughs> He launched an arrow a thousand yards past his bird's head. <laughs> it happens for sure. Well, that was like so we. Well, that was the second bird of that. That was the second bird of that debacle because Adam it, had first season, so we were up there. There was four of us up, and Adam's shooting, and the three of us are calling and filming. So we're the support staff, and and uh, but the first day we had we'd went up the first night, found the spot just out on we were heading to my property. We ended up passing some birds, uh, turned around, came back, and they would cross the road. So we just pulled up our onyx and we're like, man, this is public back in there. And it was just like a, it was meant to be. Like, we looked at it and like, shit, they're, they're going on to public. And then back in the middle of all these pines and stuff was this big open field. We drove up to the next road, come back on the power line. We walked in there and it was just like, oh, I mean, literally <laughs> turkey tracks, deer tracks, like, holy shit. We put the tent up. Like, we got to get back here in the morning, and we're at Adam's cabin in, in uh, Baldwin there, and Frank and Ernie uh, get there and end up, Frank's, like, digging around through the old cabin, he finds the, like, one of the first microwaves that were ever made in the closet. There's <laughs> a radar range or something. Is it the it one with the turn dial oh, on it? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even, so we had to steal one of the, do- the knobs <laughs> off the stove to, to turn the dial. <laughs> but anyway, so we get up Sweet. in the morning and it literally takes Frank like an hour to two hours to cook us all Jimmy Dean pre-made, you know, <laughs> freaking sandwiches in this. I'm like, dude, we have to go. We're going to be late. So needless to say, we get up to the spot and it's getting light. The birds are already on the field. We blow them off. So then we go and start hunting other spots and uh our listeners have already heard this story probably too many times but so we get out to another spot we got some birds going but they're way off i end up losing one of my brand new hex gloves and i'm pissed off i'm like you guys we're gonna move i'm gonna go find my glove those guys move over i give the camera to ernie he Uh, is a retired 59 year old Man, electrician you from, know yeah, yeah. he's not an audio video guy <laughs> super excited though so i give him the camera i'm like i'm gonna go find my glove whatever you guys move over to the next hill i run around i can't find my glove come back to that spot i can hear everything that's going on they're up on the next knoll over and i hear frank calling i hear the bird gobble now he's up in close and then all of a sudden i hear you know and then I hear the bird gobble, and then I hear Frank call. I'm like, <laughs> that was a miss. <laughs> so we ended up, I went back. 
I went back out to the road. I ended up finding my glove on the way out. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, super. And so I get out there. I'm waiting. I'm texting Adam. I'm like, what's going on? And then they come out. And uh, Ernie's like, oh, yeah, I got it all on. I got it all on camera. You know, and it we w- looked at the footage and holy shit. We had a, like, if you're a biologist and you needed to, like, check out the bark on a tree, <laughs> that was like the footage was perfect. You know, out of, like, what, 20 minutes or 15 minutes of footage, we had probably less than 30 seconds of the actual bird. It was just like, whew, went through, and then he zoomed in on a tree. And, you know, so he's looking at the viewfinder, but he's looking past, and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, this, he caught this bird in from 500 yards away, yeah. across this private, up this ridge, down and over, and he had it zoomed in all the way out, like waiting for him to come through, and he never zoomed back out. Oh, so yeah. we got the audio of the bird gobbling and all that, but yeah. and I, I hit a branch. But there was the three of us with no blind, no nothing, just run and gun. We got know. the bird into 20 yards. Yeah. I know all about those pesky branches. Yeah. <laughs> and even after, like, Adam shot and the, <clears throat> the arrow hit a stump behind it, the bird, he like, gobbled. jumped and gobbled, you know. And then, and then ended up, Frank called him back around to him. So, I mean, he didn't, he was never spooked. I mean, yeah. that's one nice thing about you know, both. yeah, bird, and especially with birds too. Even if it was a shotgun, sometimes that doesn't even happen. I mean, we've, we've had them where they just essentially they're they're coming in for a reason. They're pissed. Like I said, they don't care. I mean, you could be doing jumping jacks if if they want to come in on a string. They're right. coming in, and that, they're they're yeah. coming in for a reason. That that arrow just kind of pissed them off even more, probably. Truth be told, that's a big reason we shoot so many birds over the last few years. Is if I get a field with five times in it. My goal is to kill those five times in it. So we'll shoot one, and, you know, you might have four come in at a time. It's all okay. Well, nobody, you know, you see on TV, a lot of guys will jump up and take oh, off. Yeah. Like, nobody move until they leave. So that bird's flopping around, and the turkeys might jump it and do their thing, and then they'll eventually leave. We'll pick up that bird. I've killed three birds out of the same field. Uh, same like There was four, and three, and there's two <laughs> the same day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You just wait them out. Let them leave. You'll kill the other ones, too. They're all, they all have a pee for a brain. They're all going to yeah. come back eventually. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean. That's awesome. So we get a lot of questions about, like, you know, from Frank and stuff like that. We only have, like, our experiences. So we hunt public land, like, not a lot of field, not a lot of ag, not a lot of private, you know. It's all just going out and finding birds. I mean, we went to a spot that he hunted 30 years ago, and we called in two really nice times right to us in this bottom. Uh, and there was five of us that day. All spread out, no blind, camera, the whole works, two bows, like just, you know. So he knows how to call turkeys, but if you don't know how to call turkeys, what do you, or like for someone who's trying to call turkeys and with tactics, they might have a property that has birds on it or something like that. So what would you? So I just actually, I just talked to a guy about this earlier today. He was kind of saying how he's been trying to get birds. And so he has property, he knows his turkeys there. He just hasn't been able to get it done. So. And we've talked about this before. My my biggest piece of advice, if you have birds, like, you know, even if it's public land, you've scouted it out, if there's birds in the area, if you can find where their midday strut zone is, so you can find their dust bowls, start looking for those dust bowls and where they're, you know, you'll find full of shit and all that stuff. If you can find that spot, it's usually going to be somewhere where they got a lot of sun in the middle of the day, it's kind of secluded, usually it's got a looser, a looser soil to it, sand if you can find it. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there. If you find those dust bowls, they're going to come there at some point during the day. It might not be till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it might be at 8 in the morning. It kind of depends on your zone. But I've I've gone to the new area, scouted it the day before, found that, and just sat down. Eventually, they come by. They're, even if you suck at calling, 
they're going to come to that spot at some point. That's my biggest. If you have no clue what you're doing, but you want to shoot a turkey, find those dust bowls and sit over it. When so it, when you're sitting in that dust bowl, are you putting out decoys or are you calling it all or are you just being quiet and sitting I've, there? I've done both because I've been kind of curious about it and I've tried it out. Usually if it's an area where I'm not really sure how the birds are reacting, I don't know, I'll go single hen and I'll call every 20 minutes. Yep. Real like lost yelp sounds. Yep. And then I'll try to get a response out of it. I don't, I'm real big on not overcalling, especially in Michigan because everybody in their boat hunts, especially if you're hunting in a heavier impact area like public land. Right. So I keep it every 20 to 30 minutes. And I just try to sound lost. And then if you get a response out of it, you kind of got to go off of how that feels. Well, that's one thing that I know that we've, I don't want to say had success with, but we've called in birds and, and fucked them up or whatever just because of the, the dynamic of it. But we're always moving, always moving, always moving. So doing walking and calling with that, that yelp, and, you know, you're, you're kind of sounding like a lost end just because you're actually moving away. And then right. when you stop, then that's when you get the response because you're like, hey, hey, you know, the bird's like, hey, wait up, or like, you know, what yeah. happened? Like a lot of times we'll call and there'll be nothing and, you know, you'll fall asleep or forget or whatever. And either those birds come in silent or they start gobbling, you know, 25, 30 minutes later because they're like, wait, where was that again? Like, I don't know. Yeah, especially, I mean, turkeys, there's a reason the males are the pretty ones. Same with peacocks and a lot of birds in general, their females come to them. That's why a lot of these birds and different species do the dances, and that's why Tom strut around and spit and drum, and they're showing off. So they want you to come to them as to call them like a hen. So you kind of got to figure out what that button is to push, or maybe you get them riled up enough, and then you shut up and leave them cold-hearted. Eventually, they're going to try to come find you. That's what I was going to say. I was talking to a guy who actually, he raises Easterns. And, uh, there it is. I didn't, it don't sound too bad. No, it's usually quick too. Yeah, that'll be just a second. But a guy that actually just like your sex life. He raised, yeah, <laughs> very, just quick. Usually about eight, ten seconds. <laughs> but he was telling, he said, you know that he, the guy knows everything that there is to know about habitat and turkey and stuff like that. And he's like, honestly, the the biggest reason that people lose birds is because they they call too much. And he said, you know, if you're if you're calling at a gobbler. And he's gobbling in the woods and gobbling in the woods. And you're calling and he's gobbling and you're calling. That's why he's he's not doing anything. If you can picture that, and as long as he's gobbling, he's not moving. Right. He's just st- sitting there. He's waiting for them. I mean, the chances are, especially during our, our spring turkey season, that he's got hens already. He's just trying to get, okay, you got a lost hen or something. He's just going to kind of wait. And as soon as you shut up, then he gets curious. Is okay, well, she's not calling at me because he's got a Tom or a Jake that she's with. And so, essentially, that's when he starts getting curious. You know, the hens start, he starts herding his his hens over there and then sees, oh, there's a decoy over there. You got a mounted Jake on a, on a hen. And that's when he gets pissed off and comes in on a line. And, but that's that was what I was going to say is that the biggest thing, if you, if you want to sound like a hen, then you either – you chase that Tom very, very stealthfully, I might add, um, or you just stop. Yeah. You Whenever don't. I hear a bird, if I hear him gobbling, my goal is to get within 150 yards of him. Right. And then I'll start calling to him. So if I do some sort of shot gobble and I can get him to sound off, I want to get as close to, as, to him as I can. And Without then I'll start calling. Seen. Just because you get him just close, especially if he's in a shotgun, get him to 50 yards, I'm going to kill you. So mm-hmm. I just need him to come, just come check it out a little bit. Yep. And that, that shot gobble, too, is that that's a pretty cool thing that I – Actually, Hunter was the one that showed me that, and uh, I mean, and I, it's been a thousand years people have been doing it. But that that barred owl, yeah. that they hate him, and I've heard it. There, he uh, Hunter did a story on our Instagram 
opening morning of turkey. He's out there with his bow. You know, they're still on the roost, but gobbling on, you know, maybe at the base of a tree or something. And you could just, he, for whatever reason, Hunter can make the best bird noises I've ever heard, <laughs> just with his mouth. And he does his barred owl just with his mouth. And just, you hear all these gobblers just light up <laughs> and just shock out. So you're locating them. You know where they're roosting. You know where they are. And as long as you just shut up, I guess that's how I've had the most success. Yeah. That's a, a big thing that we do that I think a lot of people do different is, Obviously, the morning hunt right off the roost, that's when all the excitement is. You hear all the gobbles. And oh, yeah. It's cool getting them to fly down. But it it's hard to kill birds off the roost, man. they got Real a ton hard. of hens. So, in Michigan, we're fortunate to be able to hunt them all day. A lot of these other states, they can only hunt till noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I kill probably 70% of my birds is between, like, 11 and 2. Yep. As soon as they breed those hens, now they're lonely and horny again. And you just got to sound like that little slut walking around, and that's all you. <laughs> See, back, I mean, years ago when I first started, we had a cutoff. I think it was four o'clock. You couldn't hunt, you know, all day, and and that was back. There wasn't even birds like anywhere near our house. You know, we're in Twin Lake, Muskegon area, West yeah. Michigan. We'd have to drive up towards Baldwin and find the birds, and it was, you know, a draw. Like it would be, it might be a couple of years before you got a tag again. Oh no, shit. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, talking back in the mid eighties and stuff. So. Back when I started yeah. turkey hunting. All this stuff you guys are talking about. I don't, I don't <laughs> Back when you started turkey hunting. Was... My first time turkey hunting was last year. <laughs> o- o- opening day, 10 minutes, shot a bird in the face, and I was done. <laughs> it was awesome. Yes. Kind of like your then, but, but then, yeah. <laughs> but then we did we did hunt all day because me and him, right away, were done. But he we were trying to get him a bird. And we hunted all, all day. We, we, like, took naps in our blinds and... Oh, I'm a big day. advocate for turkey nap blinds. Oh, yeah. turkey we were out there all day. day. We walked, we moved blinds. It, it was a good. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, after I'll, those I'll two, it was, it was a tough. The rest of the day wasn't so easy. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, so my wife is like her dad is the fucking Grizzly Adams, right? So he's he's Uncle Frank on our podcast. He does all the crazy shit, right? Well. She never was, like, invited hunting, so she never got to go. And, like, so then her and I started turkey hunting and going back and forth. And that nap time thing that you're talking about, like, she goes hunting. She tries to, like, fit turkey hunting into her schedule now to spend time with her dad. But it's, like, it's like driving around and eating breakfast pizza and coffee and, like, yeah. taking a nap in the sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That. You know. That's and, it. And, and so that, that kind of, like, goes back into, like, that bringing kids involved yeah. into it. And, you know, we were talking – with John gives me shit because he's making me kill a bird with my wheel bow before I switch to traditional <laughs> or do anything yeah. like that, right? Yeah, like after a, well, technically he killed the decoy, but that, that doesn't count. <laughs> and the coyotes killed that bird that I shot in the yeah, wing, I'm yeah. sure. So the turkey died, just so that not at, kind of by my hand, but not some. You know, you can really. We showed it on our. Yeah, I've been there. Think so I've done it. It's real. It's not. You're not bullshitting. Oh, people. I've I've wanted him with my bow too. I mean, it I looks like Robin Hood. I emptied my quiver. Yeah, you know, I, I had gave, a Kansas trip like that. Gave gave old, I left because I ran out of arrows. My brother was laughing at me. He's like, "That one's gonna come back." The next time we see that bird, he's gonna have all the hens because he's got a pimp stroll, man. I hit him right, you know, <laughs> low on the leg, and he's out. Just. I almost Tra- lost that Jake this year with that shotgun. Yeah, with yeah. shotgun. We, and that's in the yeah, on our YouTube that's channel. On the, that's on our he YouTube. He chases Jake down. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, mean, I, was, I was chasing him with the camera. We're running. And that's one of the reasons I, he didn't get a bird because we had we had oh, like yeah. seven toms out there, man. He shoots this double beard. And then I see this Jake at like 60, 65 yards. I'm like, ah, I got a nice choke in this gun. Got that pattern master. Boom. 
send it. He dumps. I'm like, oh, sweet. And then John, all of your a sudden, bird is getting up. John, your bird sudden, is getting yeah, up. We got all these times just over this ridge, and I'm waiting. We're kind of tackling at him, wait, waiting him out. And they start coming over the ridge. All of a sudden, I hear, John, your bird is getting up. John, your bird is, your bird is gone. Channel? Your bird is gone. It's on our Go. YouTube. I'm like, dude, YouTube. we got all these times right here. Fuck that bird. I'm like, dude, no way. He's like, I, whatever. I'll shoot another time, dude. He's like, you better go get that bird. So I go there. There's a pile of feathers. I mean, we saw the bird dump. It was just done. Didn't even flock, flap any a single wing when it was on the ground. And then all of a sudden, it was just gone. So me and him run out of the blind, chase it down. And there's actually, a, like, in our intro, or one of the videos that we have, there's a, a, a video of me standing at a wood line with my shotgun, like, <laughs> oh, shit. Boom. Dump it again. <laughs> So yeah, that was. Uh, if you if you want to if you want to act like that shit doesn't happen, then I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to pay attention to what. Long enough. I don't want to know what kind oh. of content you're creating. No, because I think you're a liar. No, we've got <laughs> so we have a, a million podcasts on YouTube, whatever, a hundred videos or something. We have like five hunts and one kill, one wound, one miss, and. Oh, and then a, a, double, a, miss. a double miss nice. uh, of a really nice buck. So, <laughs> Uncle and, Frank. And my father-in-law, the the turkey that he missed, he he says is the biggest bird he's ever seen. And he, he in 1983, he shot the state record for oh, wow. the state of Michigan. Oh, oh wow. Cool. And it's a it's a big bird. Yeah. And they're like, but their audio, like, you, you need to listen to the audio. Like, <laughs> you guys know, because you do editing and stuff, like, when you, the, the real stuff, like, the, the audio, like, you only have so much video content. I mean, like, literally, the turkey comes in, he drew back and shot, just like I did. And he was giving me so much shit for, oh, you got to anchor, you got to do <laughs> Quick this draw, stuff, right? draw. So, But they're like, that's the biggest turkey I've ever seen. He stepped over the decoys. It's <laughs> like a Tyrannosaurus. Like, and these two are like, they're grumpy old men. They're two old, retired old men, like, back and forth. Ernie's like, what are you doing? Don't, you know, take your time. You know? And you hear all this audio. And then you can hear Frank fiddling. He's trying. And the bird's still here. I mean, yeah, he's he strutting around. He's strutting around. And you hear Frank trying to get another arrow out of the quiver. I'm like, how many times do we have to tell you? And Frank, get an extra arrow yeah. ready. Heaven on the go. Like, do you see me? Like, when we get in the blind, I pull a freaking arrow out. I do the put same thing. Put on my bow. I break another arrow loose yep. in my quiver, so I'm not <laughs> sitting there screwing around. <laughs> me too. You know? Frank's, like, grabbing it, and you can hear it. Click, click. And he was doing that one with the buck, too. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. So... <laughs> Yeah, you know, our listeners have heard this, but yeah, you know, whatever. So we're sitting there, and I'm videoing for my father-in-law, and he. So my buddy, he's got this little piece of private, and he says he's already tagged out. He's like, "There's some really nice bucks over there. Like, just go down there if you just want to shoot another deer. If you still got another tag, go down there. There's deer down there every day." So I said, "Well." I already shot a deer this year, and I've had some opportunities. So my father-in-law missed a booner in Nebraska, Ooh. and he missed a small buck here in Michigan. And then he did, like, we hunted Missouri. He didn't see, like, but, like, two deer in 10 days. So he's like, fuck hunting. I'm like, do you care if, like, I'm the shooter, or can I just take Frank out there and video? He's like, he knows my father-in-law, so he's like, don't shoot any small bucks if you want to shoot a doe, like whatever. So we hunt the first day, don't see anything. And you guys, again, for production value, like I did all the stuff. Like I videoed him getting ready in the truck. All the all B-roll, everything. Yeah. You had an episode in mind, yep. essentially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, Frank, here's the thing. Frank, like, bring he brings everything 
even in the ch- the kitchen seat. I mean, <laughs> he's got like you, you need this. Oh yeah, and he's like, and when you get to his house, we tell him like five o'clock. You get there at five o'clock, he's still packing his shit. Like, and then he's like, he'll get all the way out to the truck and get ready to start the truck. He's like, I got a shit, so yeah. he'll go back <laughs> in the house. <laughs> so, so, I, but I had everything, and everything was good. Didn't see a single thing. So the next day, he's like, oh, fuck this. Well, we got four inches of snow. I didn't do all that stuff because I was like, oh, whatever. So I can't use any of the stuff from the day before because now there's four inches yeah. of snow on the ground. Yep. This doe comes in, and she starts coming over, and he's going to shoot her, and we're doing our – I hunt from a saddle. He hunts from a climber, so I wasn't going to climb up behind him. So I was in a different tree. We're, I'm videoing this doe. She's coming in. I – I'm like tight on her and she's pretty far away from where I'm at. So I start panning out so I can get him in the shot with the deer. As I pan out, we catch moving over the left and this big old eight point steps out and just walks right up. Like that must've been like a late estrus doe. Like the, cause the wind was way Mm -hmm. wrong for there. So he steps right up. My father-in-law draws back. I don't get the shot on. I mean, I don't get the actual shot. I'm watching the deer, but he goes behind a tree he misses him at 28 yards. The deer does not care, and he just walks, keeps walking right up. And uh, my father-in-law is going, motherfucker, and he's dancing around on the tree stand. And I'm going, knock another arrow. Knock another arrow. <laughs> and he's looking at me going, what? What? I'm like, knock an arrow. <laughs> and the deer is looking at me in the middle of the slogging road. <laughs> and But there's a tree where, where Frank can't see him, you know. So he knocks another arrow. Misses him at 45. Sends one <laughs> oh, right over no. his back. Oh, it's yeah. a bad day. And, and so that's one of the ones that's on our YouTube And he still hunts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, this is after he missed a booner right. already. And he Damn. missed a booner at 25 yards in Nebraska. Oh, so. so then, you know, we shoot leagues, winter leagues. And and Frank, he struggles. I mean, like the one night he missed at the – it was a 25-yard target. He missed all four shots. Oh, no. Like completely missed – the silhouette the of, animal. of the pig <laughs> and the goose. That's like, tough. Yeah. I mean, come on. So the next week, I'm like, have you, like, he got this bow new last fall. It's the new Bowtech. I'm like, he had it set up by, you know, a good Bowtech. And but I'm like, have you, like, had it rechecked or anything? Have you, you know, shot it through the paper? No. So we got done shooting the one night after leagues. I'm like, let's go. We were playing around with those ethics head and, he shoots it through the paper, and he's got, like, a five-inch high right freaking tear. I'm like, uh, that's why you're missing. You know, yeah. the, as you move back, and with that with that, that massive of a tear, your arrow's doing all kinds of crazy shit. You're right. not going to be consistent. And then, you're, uh, and then you're so susceptible to any kind of element, wind, rain. You know, yeah, I mean, right. and we're inside, and it's, yeah. he's missing like right. this, you know. So, and, you know, Frank, he, he likes to start the chainsaw. He's got, you, know, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about so you're exactly what you're talking about so when you have a bow that's out of tune and you're doing that and your form's a little off it, it just magnifies it yeah it's so, tough but. so what are you guys shooting for bow setups like i don't see i got you've got all your uh you know sponsors and all the stuff here on the screen behind us and no sponsors what, no sponsors. Zero sponsors. So what do you what, what do you what do you guys i shoot an old uh matthews uh adrenaline so what is that 2007 <laughs> bow i think that yeah. was my old man's bow for a while. I, up until that, I was shooting a Matthews older than that. I just picked it up a couple years ago. I'm real, uh, once I like it, I have a hard time putting it down. I, mm-hmm. It feels good in my hand, and I keep killing shit with it. So eventually I'll 
get tired of it and I'll move on. But until I that happens, I just keep shooting that thing. So I uh, I'm. <laughs> Should I tell them about? Yeah, what, what, yeah. what, did, you what did you shoot two with? years ago? What did you start? The so year? I only really got into bow hunting probably like seven, eight years ago, and I just took my dad's old Bowtech like from the nineties, and uh, that's what I. What, <laughs> what bow though? Um, you know, and I don't. Uh, do you guys remember what it's called? Uh, you can probably find a fossil for it if you go yeah. digging around. <laughs> I don't was, even remember. It well, was, there's some of those old bows like that Bowtech General. It wasn't is, that. Is like a bow that. It's like holds its value. It's probably worth more today than it was back it was, then. You know, whatever it was, my buddy owns a bow shop in Freeport, and he, he I was like, what's this worth? He's like, nothing. <laughs> I was like, okay. This thing have an overdraw um, on it. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, it, it was my dad's bow, and then I was stuck on it. I, I wanted to kill something with it because it was my dad's bow. And then my dad, I told my dad that, and he was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, and then he's like, it's not like I'm dead. So, you know. Right. Um, so last year I was uh, I was at a friend's for a barbecue and and his father in law had had bought a prime rise like the year before brand new and um, he couldn't shoot anymore because of a shoulder surgery and was going to a crossbow and so he gave me a killer deal on this bow and I like couldn't pass it up so I bought that and started shooting that I really love that bow um, I did not kill anything with it yet but I, I killed a tree branch with it <laughs> there was a giant eight-point buck on the other side of that tree branch <laughs> it's sweet footage, i have too, i have footage of it we're gonna put hilarious. the footage out soon uh we i don't know why i haven't yet but um probably because i'm a little bit embarrassed pride yeah, yeah exactly you know how you hear why. people shoot the tree branch or whatever it's like the arrow gets stuck in the tree branch scott's arrow didn't get all the way off his riser yet and the tree branch is right, right in front there. you can see the tree branch like he had, you would have had to move the tree branch to film it correctly. Yeah, he actually right. shoots it and then reaches into his pocket, pulls his easy cuts out, and goes click. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty positive that it was like the number one target buck I had on camera. I had some really nice bucks on my cameras this year, and that was like early bow season, and um, it was a big, it was a big eight point. He was at thirty yards. He came out and he was looking my direction. He was behind a bunch of trees, and then he just slowly took a couple steps out right into a clearing 30 yards and i'm like first off my shoulder popped out of socket when i pulled my bow back i never had that happen but you can see in the video i go i pull back and it went like this and then i just adrenaline took over and i pulled back and then i I look at my shoulder a couple times like what it hurt i'm like whatever i'm looking and it you watch the arrow hit the tree branch right away and just deflects it down and I didn't know that's what happened, so I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, how did that happen? The arrow went. Knock ten, an arrow, Scott. It went, Knock another it went arrow. Ten yards. Oh, no, the deer was gone. He was gone. The arrow was 10 yards in front of him, like closer to me. I'm thinking, did I bump the scope? The, the scope the, did I bump my sights or something, you know, walking out? And uh, I turned the video camera on, playback, and I watched it. I'm like, oh, my God, fucking tree branch. <laughs> I was pretty upset about that. Never got another opportunity for a nice buck. I, I passed a lot of bucks this year, but uh, I shot a doe with my gun, and that was it. Bow season was a dud for me. <laughs> I shoot a PSE Vision. I've just graduated. But I like the Browning. I started in Brownings my whole life. I mean, I had, I had a, a Mirage, and then I went to a, a Rage. Both of both those Brownings. The so Rage is now actually my bow fishing bow. But I, I, I would love to have a Browning bow. To this day, you I, hate your PSE, dude. I hate it so much, but I bought it because it. I mean, it still feels good in my hand. I just hate it because 
I can't paper tune it. There's no center shot on that bow. But I shoot that, and I got a QID rest that I just put on there this year. And, uh, shooting. The, uh, what, what arrows did we just buy? Shoot. Oh, the, gold the gold tips. tips uh, Pro Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've got a, yeah. a $100 bow with $600 worth of accessories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That's the way to that's go. Mine is the same way. Some company just sent us some broadheads to try out. As, uh, an, Afflictors. Afflictors. Afflictor? Yeah. Deflectors. They sent us like four different types. I'll probably pump one into a turkey and see how that yeah. works and move on from it. So like, that's a good uh, uh, test test dummy there. Yeah. yeah. Turkeys, <laughs> for sure. turkeys and woodchucks are always my yeah. spring <laughs> test dummies. And if they suck, then I'll just bring them out squirrel hunt. Or, or, <laughs> or you know, decoys. <laughs> that killed the shit out of a decoy. That was a uh, brand new <laughs> the avian X. X. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's man. Expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those, I mean, yeah. shoot. Those are awesome decoys, right. but I we... Uh, we took that the kid, the winner of the youth hunt uh, last year, and he was out there with a shotgun, him and his dad, and there's a video of it, and you could see you know, it's Tom coming in a string over there to smash my decoy. I'm like, all right, because the whole time this thing this thing had to, to move from the right to the left to where the decoy was set up, and he was, I don't know, 10 yards away the whole time? Max. And so, I mean, he's right in front of him. The decoy's way over here. He just kind of puffed up the fans on the right so you could shoot this thing right in the face what does the kid do is wait, had to change windows and wait till he's right on top of my brand new inflatables my avnx both the half strut jake and the hen and i just i'm like oh no i'm videotaping the whole time like dude cup i'm like it's worth it i guess but do it for the gram dude just like <laughs> boom hit this smashes this bird and every pellet missed that both those decals. somehow man and dude he was he was on top of it he died on top of the decoys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that, that's sad. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about using my bow for turkey this year, but I don't know. I've gotten I've I've shot a bunch of my bow during the spring, and now it's like when I travel, I take my bow. And then in Michigan, I think it's because I take enough people. Something about smashing their beak. Like I want to take one's beak completely off its face. I've <laughs> taken half a beak off, but I haven't taken a whole beak off. That's why I was so. telling these guys. Uh, John Eberhard, yeah, last night asked us like, why do you why do you bring him in so close with a shotgun? I'm like, I'm take the I've had a gobble at like four yards and like being able to feel that in your chest. So the one I shot was five yards away. It was right there in front of us. It's cool when they gobble right there. I can't help it. When I bow hunt, my decoys are at seven yards max, period. Always. They're going to short or they're going to hold you up. Yeah, if they want to hold up at 30, I'm still going to kill you. But even with a shotgun, they're probably about 10 yards. So this year, I'm going back to the – I have the Magnus bowhead, so I'm going to end up shooting it with my – my target bow because I have sixty pound limbs, but so I'm doing the same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna lop their head off. I haven't uh, done the that Magnus, yet. Uh, the guillotine with, with, ones, with, yeah. the big old four inch guy. Yep, four inch. Yeah, it's I've been, sweet. Uh, Mine's the bullhead. So I can't wait to try it. I've been filming my dad do it for the last few years. His goal is to kill a turkey with a different weapon every year until he runs out of ideas. So like, he's done the compound. He's done the crossbow. He did a four ten handgun like a Taurus judge. Shot one like four yards with that thing. He uh, <laughs> you got one of the recurve last year. Recurve last year. What? Oh, he's using a bow fishing rig this year. He's in a bow fishing. That, that's his plan for this year. Oh, really? Yeah. So with the string and everything. Yeah, with the string and everything. I tried it like three years ago. You have to have them inside of fifteen yards because everything's just too heavy and slow. You say that big old fiberglass. Uh, I passed up like nine different times that I would have shot with even my compound. I could have killed, but I missed one with it. It's just a totally different ballgame. But he'll he'll kill one. That dude's way too patient. He'll kill one with his with that thing. Awesome. Very. Yeah, I have the. I mean, my the. Magnus bull, uh, the bullhead. I bought those actually several year, years ago, and the bow at the time 
I had was I only had seventy pound limbs. I was trying to only, build the arrows. Only had seventy pound limbs. <laughs> Coming from a, I didn't have any sixties. Yeah, like I'm six, saying it was yeah. and zero percent body fat. And I so I couldn't. I ended up breaking the you know breaking the head or the blades. Bent the other set, and I was. I mean, and I had a pillow set up. I was gonna say, how do you practice with that? So yeah. wait, you know what they suggest is I took a like a ratchet strap, put it between two trees. And then I hooked a pillow with an old set of uh, blue jeans and a old sweatshirt, and I, so that way the the target swings. So it's going to take up. It's not like hitting a solid target where you're going to really. It's like shooting at a net. It kind of just exactly. wants to stop the arrow. Instead and of going so, in. and then I made like a little drawing of a turkey head. But even with all that, I was like the first arrow. I I ended up shooting it on my son's bow at like fifty pounds and perfect. I got perfect arrow flight, and then I tried it on my bow and I. Bent the blades the and I broke son, them. His son's a mammoth too. He's shooting fifty. How old is your son? <laughs> he's sixteen now. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. So they make me. He's probably. He's like. Oh, he's only eight. <laughs> fifty pound. Man. He's also six oh, foot. He's the size of Scott. <laughs> he, he's he's six foot now. So this was you know a couple years ago. So he was fourteen at the time. But so anyway, I just gave it up. And I'm like, so I ended up buying these uh, four inch expandable broadheads. Sweet. And. I didn't ever got an opportunity to. That year we ended up like we, we hunted a little no, bit. You didn't hunt at all. I don't think you turkey hunted. Yeah, matter of fact, I didn't. I was like, it, shit came up and I didn't go out. Then last year, uh, Adam, Adam had first season, and that's when we had all the action. The second season was mine. We went back up. We had that's when we had the birds in the in the draw uh, the, the draw down there, and uh, two nice toms come come down, but they were henned up, and they you know close they got was 60 yards if i would have had an open shot i probably would have actually yeah taken one with my bow i mean i yeah. i'm a big i don't know like some guys are weird about it because the turkey's vitals are so small but i shoot the biggest expandable i can shoot into right. them yeah. yeah four inch i'm like 60 yards i can hit i can hit the bird at 60 yards oh, and yeah. i got a four inch expandable four inches yeah. that's taking up most of his body. whole diaphragm is <laughs> only about eight inches wide i mean they're small when you've feather them out you know there's really yeah. nothing to them but yeah so the the hand man she was pissed she just kept you know for, she took them off and so that was like the closest i had a, you know for an opportunity last year but, yeah so this year back to the but so, he's up first this year so. so anyway when we're at ata back to the the magnus uh we ended up we talked to the ranch ferry and ranch ferry was down there uh and he was hanging out the magnus goose so we ended up going over there and then i talked to the i don't know the owner whoever it was, mike mike and he's like, well, they have a lifetime warranty. Just send me a picture, and I'll send you a new set of heads. Oh, or, shit. Nice. I'm like, or if they're bent, broke, whatever. Yeah. And so I finally got around to it last week. I took some pictures, emailed them, and he's like, well, how are the feral, the ferals? Are those bent? I'm like, no, they're straight. You know, how many how many blades? I'm like, oh, you know, set two sets, whatever, yeah. you know, six of them. And a couple days later, they were in the mail. I got them, you know, so. Nice. And it's, just not, a, it's not because we're anybody special they have a lifetime warranty yeah, yeah uh, that's awesome so it's just got good customer service that's exactly. a, that says something a lot it says a lot about the company for sure so i just had to put that out there i you know appreciate those guys you it's know. not because you guys are the the bowhunter chronicles yeah <laughs> we are not so the way that this podcast is touted is i'm the world's worst bowhunter 
Oh. That's what makes it. And I'm it. the world's worst podcaster. <laughs> very accurate. No, so. you, you, you just, you know, you just didn't know about us yet. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, we're we right gotta do there. a podcast with these dudes. We're right there. It's almost yeah. like perfect. Their guy just we're, leaves right when it's dark. Yeah. Away. <laughs> we're terrible. He's the sound guy. We, we've done podcast. oh, We're podcasting with these guys. Mic drop. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're we're right there with you guys. <laughs> oh man, this has been fun. Show's getting ready to. Close kind of kind of closed down yeah, and, yeah, and everything. It's closed early today, eight o'clock. Yeah, it's yeah. an hour. It started an hour early, closed an hour early. So, but yeah, so definitely check out the uh, the Times Up Outdoors, you know, on Carbon TV, all that stuff. We're on their podcast, you know, so that one's going to get a lot of uh, that one. Is, honestly, yeah. that was probably my most fun podcast <laughs> I've ever done. Yeah, the time. audio might be just complete shit, but it's, it was fun. <laughs> it sounded great. I already listened to it. Well, yeah, not only that, I mean, we got Ernie Power from. Yeah. Tethered, and we got. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Eberhardt. Yeah, so, so what, when you see the spike in that, it doesn't have anything to do with them. It's, it's from. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, well, yeah, John. The yeah. Oh, trust me, our 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 podcast downloads are. They're you know whatever about seven. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we're getting a few hundred people listening, you know, and then all of a sudden there's the John Eberhardt one we did last year, and it's like seven thousand, and it's like whoa, <laughs> what happened? I showed him that yesterday, and he was like. Well, wow, that makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but so where can people follow along with what you're doing? And if they want to get involved with the, your turkey contest, how long is that running and where do they sign um, up for that? So the turkey was only for the show. No, no we'll, we'll, put we'll, we'll, oh. we'll put it out there. See? We'll That's put it right. out there for more people to do it. Yeah, I want to give as many kids the opportunity as we can. Sure. Yeah, we'll probably start posting some stuff on our Facebook for it to get more pe- people involved. And then uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, that's where you're going to find out anything new that's going on, like current up-to-date stuff. Our YouTube channel is mostly like older stuff. We Because right now we have our, our actual show goes on Carbon TV. And we have seven episodes there right now, and there'll be seven more coming. Um, and then our podcast is twice a month on Carbon TV. So anything as well that, as iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. You can yeah. listen to us on iTunes. Google Play. Anything else new is going to be going on Carbon TV, and then we'll kind of recycle old stuff onto YouTube. Um, but... Mainly, if you want to find out what's going on, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram, you're going to find a lot more funny stuff going on in our story. We goof off in the firehouse and you see shit like that and stuff that you're not going to be able to see if you aren't a fireman or you don't follow us. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook, it's more news and shit like that. Awesome, guys. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, for sure. I just have to say one thing. These guys are Detroit firemen, right? I mean, (laughs) the real deal. So, like, I think we heard this last night. These guys are like, uh, what, what did you say? You were saying it? I didn't said say like, anything. You said, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. He said like, as far as podcasts, oh, okay, so like the Joe is. Rogan podcast of the fire guys, department. No, they're <laughs> like, <laughs> like, as, like no, in, the deer, fr- in the deer hunting world, these guys like are like the, the Johnny Eberhardt and the Dan Infall. Not us particularly, but Detroit Fire. Over there. Like that guy right there. right here. But no, as, as far as like the world of firefighting goes, Detroit is one of those departments that's way up there with like, there's only a couple other departments that sees as many fires as we do. So when I talk about it, I talk more about the guys like Captain Tanti over here, Nico's dad, and um, guys that have been around for a lot longer than we right. have. Oh, but, yeah. So yeah, in the world of firefighting, we have that, that clout just because we're Detroit firemen. So some people will like gravitate to that. In, they don't realize that we're only like new guys on Detroit. But so. all joking aside, though, I just want to thank you guys. I mean, because you guys are the true heroes. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I'm serious. I mean, and with just the way you're are talking you about, up? 
maybe a little bit. <laughs> but like the way you talk about, you know, getting kids by, back, getting kids out into the sport, you know, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, firemen, you know, you're good guys. So Appreciate it. Appreciate, really appreciate that. that. Absolutely. Cool. Very much. So thanks. Well, now I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say we really appreciate you guys having us on your show. For sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, because sure. Very much. It's, it's, it's cool to go on other people's shows and, and, and meet new people. We talked about it on ours last night, meeting new people in this industry and making relationships. It's, it's what it's all about. And it goes, for me, especially in the podcast world, kind of helped that out, I feel like, a lot. Because before, the podcast stuff was big and it was all network TV. I'm going to go hunt this ranch. I'm going to go hunt this. We kind of had an animosity between different hunting groups. I mean, a real clicky kind of thing in this podcast. Like we did, like I said, we just met each other this week. I mean, pretty much we've been listening to your stuff. You knew kind of who we were. We grouped up like, hey, let's just do a collaboration. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it's, so it kind of brings that hunting community together and gets rid of that gets rid of that stigma that used to be like, oh, this guy hates this guy because he's real tree and that's mossy oak. And it's like, man, screw all that. We just want to kill shit. And we just <laughs> right. want everybody to see it. Right. <laughs> kill shit, drink beer, have fun. That's exactly. it. Yep. <laughs> So, I think that's all we got for today, guys. Thanks awesome. a lot, man. Thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. lot.
Tchau. Tchau.